I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined today by the one and only Jesse. How are you, my dear? Doing wonderful, Adam. How you doing? <laughs> uh, not as good as you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sick. Boo-hoo. <laughs> I know. It sucks. Right, um, well, first of all, to the audience, it is fantastic. Thank you for joining us this week and every week. It is June 1st, and we have a crazy jam-packed show for you. It's going to be a really, really good one. Uh, We're going to start off with the Nine Cents Letters. I had an audio message. Well, I had a couple audio messages. This one in particular I thought would be interesting if we both addressed Jesse. And uh, have you had an opportunity to listen to this audio clip? Yes, I have. Beautiful. So I haven't... I'm not going to play it for the audience. Um, Something about audio, when there's recognition and voice and stuff like that, I I prefer to keep... uh, anonymity uh to to you questionnaires <laughs> it's like a mouseketeer but with questions um so you know i'm not going to play the audio clip but just know that uh that's where it's from and you can leave your either top drop or um uh audio question or comment if you just uh, give us a call at 801-899-6168 It's a Google Voice account, which is basically an online answering machine, and so no one will answer, no one will pick up, it would just be your way of uh, communicating directly with us. I might text you back with a response if it's something interesting, but I'm not going to give you a call. Alright, so, (laughs) in the Infernal Informant, uh, this is an interesting one that I only brought up because I wanted to say the word nigger. (laughs) Video of young Justin Bieber telling racist joke using N-word leaks. And what did the framers really mean? Um, I think I thought this was a really interesting written article. It Nothing new is in it. Nothing exciting is in it. But I think between Jesse and I, we can have a really interesting discussion. Because I don't think you and I have ever had a discussion about it before. That's and if we true. have... Oops. Mm. Um... But we do have another I Dream of Jesse. Of course, Jesse's in the house. So episode 14, unbelievable. What do you have for us this time? Uh, it's Guilt and Shame Part 3, The Inquisition. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I had a sneak peek of this already, and it is a good one. So look forward to that. At the tail end, I'm going to be tacking on an old Nick's peep show. So stay tuned for that as well. All right, so... Last Monday was Memorial Day, and I finally got my ass out into nature, and it was everything I'd hoped it to be, <laughs> everything I remembered it to be, except for, the, you know, the, the, I don't know, how, have you, are you big, uh, like, getting out into nature person, Jesse? I, I really enjoy being in my yard outdoors, but that's mm. not like, you know, if you live in a city, it's not the same thing. In my yard, I see all kinds of birds. I I hear more birds than I hear traffic. 
I am uh, more likely to see a bear than I am a human being. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit different than most people's yards, but I'm not a hiker or camper or anything like that. Sounds lovely, though. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one little issue that always comes out when you're uh, getting out into nature is needing to use nature. Um, and sometimes <laughs> it is... Uh, it is furious that <laughs> you need to. So I started getting like I, I was on. I don't know how much I want to go into this. Um, I have the asthma thing. And it got to such a severe point where my doctor was like, um, you have a really, really bad disease and we're going to have to fight it aggressively or there are going to be uh, some serious consequences. And I'm like where the fuck is your bedside manner? Like, I'm sensitive. <laughs> I don't want to hear. Uh, excuse me. I don't want to hear that I'm, I'm like going to fucking die if I already... Here's, here's the thing. I know that nature and my body want me dead. I, I already know that. I have to live with it. I don't need other people reinforcing this idea. It's already in my damn head. Every second of every day, every morning when I wake up and go for a run and I'm trying to breathe to every evening when I'm strength training with the wife and I'm trying to breathe. I, I understand. Like, I get it. You don't have to fucking tell me. And so the douchebag does nothing but reinforce how horrible I am right now. And then he tells me that all of these drugs that he's about to put on me have serious consequences associated with them as well. <laughs> but one isn't death, and so he thinks it's a good idea. Uh, the problem is, is that with this regimen of drugs that he puts me on, it drops down my immune system so low that as soon as I finish um, the cycle, I get crazy sick, which just happened to be last Monday um, when it hit me. Uh, so, uh, you know, you have one of those really wonderful moments when you're hiking. You're just like, la, 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 la. Oh, I, uh, and you just have to run in the bushes, like, urgently. <laughs> it's always horrible because we, whenever we go hiking, traditionally we start uh, with small hikes to kind of, you know, build up our stamina and then go to Longhorns near the end of the, the summer. And so there are people around <laughs> wherever you are there's this one really gross experience we had where um pooping outside is just awesome all around it's it's a lot of it's both like a lot of fun and a really horrible experience but my son had to use the bathroom on this hike up to a hot spring and so when he was finished we well obviously we always bring baby wipes with us anyway so it wasn't an issue but when he was finished he like kind of rolled this gigantic rock over and on our way down the mountain we saw that the rock was like overturned because what he left was this little um, white triangle edge of a wipey hanging out from under the rock. So someone must have saw it and like, hey, this must be a pot of gold and upturned my son's poo. <laughs> they were like super excited about Ooh, there's something under this rock. Surprise. It's poop. Oh, what? some rock should know be left would... unturned. <laughs> exactly. Why would you ever uncurn a rock? Oh, well, this is a white thing. Is it a t-shirt? Yeah. Is it a golden bar? Well, who buries, <laughs> what human being buries their poop? Is your son half cat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, man. Sometimes it's wildly urgent what you must do when you're out there. And, and I was struck by that. And it's always nice trying to balance uh, hiding yourself while trying not to go too far away because, you know, it's either in the weeds or in your pants. And then, like, you, you suddenly realize that I'm in the middle of a fucking mountain and I'm getting really sick. <laughs> it's, it's just this wonderful, wonderful experience. So, um, yeah, that started off my week and it just went straight up downhill. It got to a point where I couldn't even get out of bed to run in the mornings. And that that doesn't really happen. So I was fucking bad off. And today is the first day that I've felt normal again. And I think it was because I'm going to be talking to you today. Well, so thank I appreciate you. that. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 as you were describing your, your camp, uh, hiking adventures, I couldn't help but think a video I saw on Tosh.0 where some guy's in the woods, he's taking a crap. And just as he's about to finish up, one of his buddies comes by and knocks him over and pushes him down into it. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That is fucked up. <laughs> so it could have been worse. All right, that's true. Actually, that makes me feel a little bit better. Both <laughs> that I, I didn't fall in my own poo and that I don't have friends that would push me in my own shit. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible, terrible. How was your week or how was your month since we last spoke? Oh, God, busy as hell. You know what? I mean, you were mentioning in your last show that, you know, your work kind of ebbs and flows and, and you're in, what you're bu- in one of your busy periods right now. I can't even imagine what that's like because my schedule is like so constant and, and the slightest thing throwing it off just like screws with me totally. And I think it's because I actually like change a little bit too much. So when something new comes along, it's like, I just want to dive into the new thing and just throw everything else aside. (laughs) And, and so I just, I have a very difficult time maintaining routines when anything changes. And this month there have been quite a few things that have changed. So it's like, okay, I, I, I can't keep, you know, brushing these other things off, I really need to get back to, you know, all the things like exercising, you know, didn't do that all month. And, you know, I go to lift a weight and I can't lift it anymore. It's like suddenly I got to take 10 pounds off the barbell. It's like, oh, this is a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what that's like. I hate that. So I I hate it so much because it makes me feel so goddamn bad about my own self, you know? Like, I should be able to do this. Why can I not do this? It's only been, you know, so long. Why? The... It's weird how quickly your muscles deteriorate when you don't use them. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, well, I mean, if, uh, it, yeah, I, I mean, in my opinion, as long as you're trying to do it or as long as, you know, you're, you're finding some time, then that's, that's what's important, you know? I mean, just, just throwing it to the wind saying, fuck it, I'm not going to do it anymore, ever. That's that's the bad thing. <laughs> that's when it's really bad. Uh, oh, by the way, not yeah. to quickly change the subject here, but I've gotten an amazing amount of really positive feedback about the uh, witch episode. Oh, cool. You and Aaron did a wonderful job, and everyone I've talked to and who sent me messages has absolutely loved it. So thank you for that, and I'm hoping that we can do it again really soon. Oh, me too. That was a lot of fun, actually. Cool. Actually, I didn't expect to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Put it that way. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I wasn't sure how it would turn out, but I think we may develop it a little bit more, and it'll be a little bit more exciting next time, too. Um, 
Okay, well, let's... Should we just go ahead and start this thing? We got a lot to get through. Yeah. Okay, let's do a little nine cents letters. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Let me first suggest this for in the future is because I I totally respect you're not wanting to play his call because people might recognize his voice. And, you know, that's I think I think you're doing the right thing there. However, I also think that people might want to call in and actually have their voice on it. So I would just suggest future callers just say one way or the other, play this or don't play it. You know, and if they don't say and if they don't say don't play it, but, you know, Um, but yeah. okay, so. Uh, the basic gist of it was that he's been in this. I'm, I'm not sure if he's still in a relationship. I can't remember if he said or if I it, think he is. Yeah, or it's it's on its tail end. Yeah, in a relationship with a woman, he has children with this woman, and he's been trying to make things work, but he's found that she's been stealing from him. And uh, he also mentioned he referred to her as being sheep. Or sheeple, yeah. <laughs> um, and and basically asked what to do about it, and even throughout, you know, as as a magician, what to do about it. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. I've heard this is the second time that I've heard someone ask if if I think that they should curse someone that they are in a relationship with, which I I would really love jesse your opinion on this what you would do in this situation or what advice you would give him before i give mine okay um absolutely not under no circumstances should you well all right let me let me throw out the one circumstance (laughs) in which you should curse this woman and that would be if she's abusing the children ah nice because otherwise you are cursing your kid's mommy and what if you throw that curse and the next day she's killed in a car accident? And for the rest of your life, because hopefully you are going to outlive your children, for the rest of your life, their loss of mommy is going to be something that's going to hold guilt for you. And I mean, when you when you do greater magic, you really have to look at the absolute extreme case example like you know if you throw a a curse what if the person dies if you throw if you if you perform a lust ritual what if the person becomes obsessed with you you really need to look at it from that perspective before you go into the ritual chamber or you might have regrets that will haunt you going forward Mm -hmm. so as far as the curse goes no no definitely (laughs) steer away from that one if you want to do something with greater magic it might be a good time to do a compassion ritual for yourself or for your kids oh nice you know because if if your kids are going to be part of your life for the rest of your life and this woman's going to be their mom for the rest of your life wanting things to get better without throwing a curse might be the best thing you could do yeah so what do you think he should do specifically about about this woman that he's with well it, it like i said i was it, i wasn't entirely sure if the relationship was still going or if it just come to an end it does need to come to an end um she's taking advantage of access to this man by stealing from him so he needs to remove that access and it just it, still see his kids obviously but 
she should not have, you know, if, if she's dropping off the kids for him to see, she doesn't need to come into his apartment and he doesn't need to go into hers. They can put up some sort of barrier there between each other. And, um, and also, I mean, he didn't mention, I mean, he said that she was stealing from him. She, he didn't say what she was, had stolen. You know, I, mm. if it was like 20 bucks out of his wallet while he wasn't looking, in the grand scheme of things, I know it doesn't sound satanic to say it, but just write that off. Just that's the mother of your children. Forget about it. Just let that one go. Um, then again, if she's like stolen something worth thousands of dollars, maybe it's worth taking her to small claims court for it. I don't know. He didn't get into the, it. It sounded like it was more the smaller stuff. So just cutting off access, preventing her from harming him in any way in the in the near future, that will probably get past the stealing. And that will, if he does it civilly, that won't cause problems with the kids down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to, um, I'm going to weigh in a little bit here. Uh, whether you're married or not, who, and not necessarily just speaking to this gentleman here, but anyone out there listening in the ether out there, um, if you... If you have a child with someone, your lives are no longer number one. And you have to remember that. Um, that's why I think you should probably think about it before you stick your dick in someone. Because maybe wrapping it would be a good first fucking step. Um, if you're not ready for kids. But let's assume that they were ready for kids. Let's assume that you know they're able to care for their children if you're in a relationship with someone uh you have to think of the children first um until they are able to live on their own it is your job to take care of them so your personal happiness is second okay and i know how shitty that sounds but that's the reality of it you don't like it don't have fucking kids um you have kids, your life is second, their life is first. That's just how it goes. So, and, and here's the other thing is I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to doubt what people tell me because I don't know. Uh, I only really know what they tell me. But if you're in a relationship, it's hard to steal from someone. You presumably live with this person. You presumably share resources. I don't understand how this stealing comes into play unless you have distinct preset boundaries. In which case, if someone, like, for example, if I was dating my wife and we had a kid before we were married, um, and she took, let's use your $20 example, I'm dating her. I don't care. I kind of see it as my job to take care of her anyway. So if she wanted 20 bucks, it would kind of piss me off and I would approach her about it and ask, why didn't you just ask for it? I would have just given it to you rather than taking it. This happens a number of times, then okay, I understand. It, it becomes a trust issue and it becomes uh, um, a, a fracture in re- your relationship that you probably will never be able to repair because obviously there's a problem with this individual. Now, you referred to her as a sheep um, and you referred to uh, her as a, a thief and uh, some other derogatory uh, names. So obviously, like Jesse already said, the relationship is it's got to end, and it sounds like it's already over. I I I I I make this assumption that you guys are still together because you're calling and and you're uh, leaving this message and stuff. But why would you ever want to hurt the mother of your children? Not for the mother's 
part, but for your children's part. Like, again, I got to go back to this. Your children are number one. You are number two. That means that uh, you have to think of their health and welfare before your personal happiness. Um, it doesn't make sense to curse the mother of your children. That's 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 really crazy in my mind. Um, unless, of course, she has zero custody. She has done something worthy of the extreme case, which means death. And only you can make that decision. But I hope it's a rational adult you know, conclusion you come to, um, if that's the case. Uh, and that she has no connection with the children. Because otherwise, it just makes things worse. And you know what? Let's let's be honest. Uh, the chances of you cursing her and her meeting a fatal end are pretty fucking slim to none. Let's just <laughs> be honest. Uh, so, I, I, what do you really expect to happen that you wouldn't be able to do out of lesser magic or just out of sheer determination? Look, if you don't want the mother to be involved with these children, first of all, you should be thinking of the relationship in terms of the children. But if and not in terms of you and the mother, if you want to get the mother away from them, then you need to take it to the court. Do it the 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 adult way. Do it the legal way. If you want to just sever the relationship and be a part of the children as much as you can, then you're going to have to pay some lesser magic lip service to the mom, break off the relationship and just be the best father that you can to these children, um, whether you're actively in their life or shunned from their life. Um, but uh, again, just because you are hurt doesn't mean you can lash out like a child. Like, and this is something I, I brought up in a, an episode a long time ago. Um, you know, that, uh, that rule of the earth, uh, when walking in open territory and somebody bothers you, you tell them to leave you alone. If they don't, then you destroy them. Okay. Well, wh what does that say about you? If your first reaction is to, oh, I'm going to curse the mother of my children. Like, what does that say about you as a human being, as a Satanist? Who are you harming? The mother? Or are you harming the children? It doesn't make any sense at all. So take that into consideration. You asked what I would do. I'll tell you what I'm going to, what I would do. I would, like Jesse said, again, break off the relationship. If the children's health is in jeopardy, I would legally do what I could to remove the children from the mother. If the children's health is not in jeopardy, I would do my damnedest through lesser magic to maintain a civil relationship with the mother, and I would do everything I could to take care of those children that are yours to take care of and your responsibility. Do everything you can to be a positive influence on their life, and as bad as it sounds, everything is going to probably end up being okay. So, I was a little bit taken aback by the the question because it didn't re the kids were kind of an aside it wasn't the heart of it what, what you seem to be focusing on is whatever it is that she took from you the act of her taking something from you the act of your relationship being very bad um and you wanting to curse her that seemed to be what you were focusing on and what you should be focusing on knowing nothing about your situation is the children so as long as you go into it, whatever decision you make, as long as it's in the best interest of those children, then you're probably going to be okay and everything's going to turn out all right. And you know what? Sometimes that means that you get the short end of the stick, but you had the kids, 
It's your responsibility. And sometimes that means you have to bite a bullet. So do what you have to do what you know you should and take care of those kids. You know, there's there's one other thing I wanted to hit on that I didn't mention. And that's oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's well, it's the the reference to her as sheep or sheeple. I forget which term he used. And that, and this is, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I don't want to take away from that. I just wanted to hit this real quick is some of the best people I know are Christians. And I mean, if a person is a Satanist, that's better for that person. That's not necessarily better for everyone around them. And if a person is a Christian, that's not necessarily bad for everyone around them. It's bad for that individual, but not necessarily bad for everyone around them. So this whole idea of, you know, treating sheeple different because they're sheeple, I think that's going to be bad for the individual who does that in the long run. Sheeple can be nice people, and sometimes Satanists can be assholes. And you might want to rate your relationships with others on different terms than their religion is all. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I. I, I think he brought it up um, that he was married or he was with a sheep because I had brought up uh, being in relationships with sheep, like like people being in relationships. Like here's, here's the weird thing. I use sheep as a derogatory term. So whenever I talk about my wife, for example, I would never call her a sheep. I think that's it's, – it's a, it's a shortcut insult that doesn't t- take into account individuality or anything. I use it – over the masses because the masses are fucking retarded uh on individual levels i know a number of christians that and i you know whenever i say sheep i don't i don't mutually exclusively mean christians by any means i just mean anyone that's not a satanist um but i don't i don't automatically think just because you're not a satanist that you're not a good person or you're not going to be a productive member of society or anything like that um I like to think of it in the same way that uh, Chris Rock, you know, said that there was uh, there was black people and then there was niggers, and he had this really great comedy routine about it. And so, my use of sheep is similar to Chris Rock's use of the word nigger, where it's the worthless amongst us. Um, and if you see that your girl is in that category, well, that's okay. I mean, I would I would say that that says a little bit more about you than it does about her that you would be with her when she's apparently such a horrible human being. Um, you need to get out of that relationship. But no, I mean, just because my wife isn't a Satanist doesn't mean that she's... And here's the other thing. We're a fucking minority. The chance of you as a Satanist being in the relationship with another Satanist is pretty fucking slim. So chances are, if you fall in love with someone, it's probably not going to be with a Satanist. And if, if all of you out there are hearing this and, and you're like just hoping someday to meet that one perfect Satanist that you're going to fall in love with and have little Satanist babies with, that's not a reality. Like hands down, it is not a rela- reality and you have to come to terms with that. There's not going to be any Satanic commune in your future. <laughs> As Adam dies from his asthma. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We... We do not have absolute control over who we connect with in life, uh, nor with who we run across in life. 
Um, and so we're going to meet, have these sporadic connections with people. And some of them are going to lead romantic places or relationship places. And some aren't, but we shouldn't be using, um, others or the rest of the world, uh, with this sort of, just like throwing the sheep blanket over them and just saying, I have nothing to do with them because chances are your mom is one of those. I hope you love your mom. Your dad is one of those. I hope you love your dad. If you have family, they're probably in that same fucking sheet as well of being a sheep. Uh, so it's not always a negative thing. And and just think about whenever you refer to it like that, is it's it's easy to cast your net out and say everyone out there is a sheep. And I do it a lot on this show. Um but there are always variations on a theme and there are always individual trumping uh, the masses. And so always keep that in mind and don't just think because they're not a Satanist that you cannot have a good relationship with them or whatever, because I have a fucking fantastic relationship I, and I'm pretty goddamn sure Jesse has a fantastic relationship with and uh, what, you know, a lot of people would consider sheep and we don't, we don't look down our nose at them. I, it, that's who they are. That's why we love them, because they are not what we want them to be. They are who they are as individuals, and through them being themselves, they enrich us as Satanists. They encourage us in their own way, and they enrich us as human beings. And that's that's a powerful thing that you can't just, you know, hope you'll run across some Satanic opposite you know, whatever sex or it's the same sex that you want and just expect to happen. Because just like Jesse said, Satanists can be assholes too. I know I'm one of them. <laughs> Fucking asshole. But the reality is, I know, I know a, a quite, I've met online and in person a number of Satanists and I only liked a handful of them. So keep that in mind too, man. Just because you share a religion does not mean you're going to like the other person. Right. All right. Speaking of Chris Rock, because that would have been an awesome transition. <laughs> it would have. <laughs> Except I, I'm not. I'm not good at transition, so I can't. Hey, speaking of Chris Rock. <laughs> well, speaking of Chris Rock, let's do Infernal Informant. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, what's going on, friends? Uh, Infernal Informant. And this is actually from Entertainment Weekly. It's really not a long, it's just kind of a commentary here, but a video of young Justin Bieber telling racist joke using N-word leaks by Amber Ray on June 1, 2014. A video of 15-year-old Justin Bieber telling a racist joke and using the N-word has been leaked by a British tabloid. Available to Sun subscribers, the clip shows the young popular star sitting with friends when he begins his joke, Why are black people afraid of chainsaws? Don't even say it, someone warns his punchline, which he repeats several times when making chainsaw sounds. Run, nigga, nigga. Sun uh, claims Bieber tried to buy the video for a huge sum of money, and I, I don't really care about the rest of it. Okay, so I bring up this because, you know, here's the weird thing. I'm absolutely not a sun subscriber and i have the video right here so i don't know i guess you don't have to be a subscriber um it's a really stupid joke it's a very short 
clip and it's a non-issue because I don't care if it's Justin Bieber or if it's uh, your neighbor or your mom. Uh, Jesse, is it okay to, uh, you know, just use fucking language and say the word nigger? Uh, for your own personal benefit? No. No, it's not. Because society has its panties in a wad. Um, honestly, if I were black... I would get all of my white friends together and say, I want you to call me this. I want you to call me this at every available opportunity because I want to become desensitized to it and not ever be bothered by it. But most people aren't like me. Most people want to be the victim. They want to be offended. And let's face it, it's a pretty big group of people getting offended. And there's a lot of power behind that. So no, it's certainly not in anybody's best interest to be heard saying the dreaded n-word now i will say that i'm saying the n-word here on this podcast adam if you and i were sitting together in your living room or my living room i would not use n-word i would just say it but i'm not going to do it on a podcast because it's just not worth the trouble it's that i don't hate black people i don't hate any race i hate a lot of individuals i don't hate any race but right. I don't want the hassle of being called a racist. Plain and simple. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I, and that's that's an interesting I'm I'm debating on whether I should double back on the victim part of that statement. Or if I just move <laughs> fucking forward. <laughs> um I'm gonna move forward. So I don't when referencing what other people have said, I I feel like, and um, Lucy K said it beautifully um, in a comedy bit where he said, when you say the N-word, you're getting away with making me say nigger. So it's it's a way of not saying something, but you say it and someone in their head immediately says it in their head because they know exactly what you're saying. And, and so you force them to say it in their head versus you taking responsibility for your own mouth and saying it yourself. Um, I, in the context of jokes, I don't see how this joke that douchebag Bieber made being any worse than any Polak joke or Asian, Chinese, Jap Japanese, you know, choose your Asian culture, um, uh, Dutch. I don't even know what other fucking ethnicities have derogatory jokes. Mexican, uh, choose your background, uh, offensive background. I don't see how one joke is worse than another just because he said an N word in it. Um, I, I personally, I'm of the mind that if you give authority to language, then it will own you. And I refuse to let that be a part of it. So when I'm describing this joke, I don't mind saying it. When, when I'm referencing what we're going to be talking about, I don't mind saying it. But I would never on my own go out of my way and just say it. Um, Mainly out of, this is going to sound really fucking kiss-ass, and I don't mean it to be. Mainly out of respect. I, I've had some really fantastic relationships with some black men and women in my military career. And I, some of these, some of them, 
I would take a bullet for because we developed a really close bond. And what, and this is something that you find whenever you have a relationship with people, friends or lovers, you take on, um, offense, uh, when you know that it would offend them. So in a relationship, if someone was mocking my wife or something about my wife's past, I would take offense and I would come to their defense. Uh, same thing with friends. So because I had some close relationships, um, with some really fantastic fucking human beings, I would take def- I would take offense on their behalf, whether they're standing next to me or not. And out of respect for that relationship, I wouldn't fucking use that language. Um, but again, if I'm referring to something that someone else has done or someone else has said or a comedy bit like Chris Rock, for example, then I'm absolutely going to say it because it's in context and it makes sense to say it. And and I don't, you know, realistically, who's going to fucking boycott me? I mean, who cares? <laughs> no one even fucking listens to this damn show. Um, so it's not a big deal in my opinion. But, you know, on its face, like I would never I, w- I would correct my children if they said it. Um, but I, I, again, I don't like the idea of being at the mercy of language. Um, you know, like you said, when you, when we first started this uh, discussion here and you said that you would, you know, if, if you were a black woman, you would have your friends call you nigger in order to desensitize you. Um, whatever it is, I mean, that's, that's the argument that you hear collectively, uh, you know, as, as, as a sort of public vernacular use so that, you know, we're taking ownership of the word, um, so that it it takes away that power. So collectively, it seems like it's failing because you still get fucking offended every time someone says it. So out of respect of the people I know, I wouldn't use it. I don't give a fuck if it's a joke. A, A joke is a joke. If you get offended by humor, that's your problem. That's not that's not the person saying it, no matter how much of a douchebag they are like Justin Bieber. Like, I don't care. It's not going to ruin his career that this comes out, even though he obviously thought it would if he was going to spend so much goddamn money trying to get rid of it. Um, I do like that idea, though. And, and I, w- I, I got to be honest, I was a little shocked that you said that it's not OK to say it. Well, even I, though I agree with you. You know, I mean, it's I mean, this is why I use the word cunt so much. Because I, I actually, I never took offense to it, but I was like eh, 1820-ish, somewhere in there, when it, I found out that other women find that word offensive. And so I started using it because I didn't want that word to have any power over me. So right. I, I am totally on board with this, you know, not giving language the authority to, to dictate what you should and shouldn't think of yourself. But at the same time, I, I do recognize most people aren't like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of big black people who could beat me up, male or female. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I don't foresee anyone beating up Justin Bieber. Uh, he's probably got a, a couple big black people on his fucking payroll to prevent that from happening. Um, I can envision. Yeah, interesting. I can envision what? people beating up Justin Bieber. In fact, it's, you know, kind of a, a, a fun fantasy. <laughs> you oh, no, should try I, I it definitely sometime. fantasize about it. I, I don't know if it would actually happen. Yeah, no. Uh, worthless human being, I think, as far as he's concerned. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it would be an interesting discussion. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to have it. And uh, listeners, if you take offense or if you don't, uh, well, just, you know, this is our opinion. 
deal with it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're either going to be pissed off at Adam or you're going to think I'm a coward, one or the other, and I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with either. <laughs> so am I. Um, all right, so how about we do this next one? Okay. What did the framers really mean? This is from the New York Times, May 26th. Three days after the publication of Michael Walden's, Waldman's new book, The Second Amendment, a biography, Elliot Rodger, 22, went on a killing spree, stabbing three people and then shooting another eight, killing four of them, including himself. This was only the latest mass shooting in a recent memory, going back to Columbine. In his righteous, scholarly, but accessible book, Waldman notes such horrific events, but doesn't dwell on them. He is after something else. He wants to understand how it came to be that the Second Amendment, long assumed to mean one thing, has come to mean something else entirely. To put it another way, why are we, as a society, willing to put up with mass shootings as the price we must pay for the right to carry a gun? The Second Amendment begins a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, and that's where Waldman, the president of the Brennan Center for Justice at the UNERC, New York University School of Law begins too. He has gone back to the framers' original arguments and made two essential discoveries, one surprising and the other not surprising at all. The surprising discovery is that all of the amendments that comprise the Bill of Rights, the second was probably the least debate debated. What we know is that the founders were deeply opposed to, to a standing army, which they viewed as the first step towards tyranny. Instead, their assumption was that the male citizenry would all belong to local militias. As Waldman writes, they were not allowed to have a musket, they were required to. More than a right, being armed was a duty. Thus, uns thus the unsurprising discovery, virtually every reference to the right of the people to keep and bear arms, the second part of the Second Amendment, was in reference to military defense. Waldman notes the House debate over the Second Amendment in the summer of 1789. Twelve congressmen joined the debate. None mentioned a private right to bear arms for self-defense, hunting, or any other purpose than joining a militia. In time, of course, the militia idea died out, replaced by a professionalized armed service. Most gun regulation took place at the state and city level. The judiciary mostly stayed out of the way. In 1939, the Supreme Court upheld the nation's first national gun law, the National Firearms Act, which put onerous limits on sawed-off shotguns and machine guns, precisely because the guns had no reasonable relation to a well-regulated militia. But then in, in 1977, there was a coup at the National Rifle Association, which was taken over by Second Amendment fundamentalists. Over the course of the next 30 years, they set out to do nothing less than change the meaning of the Second Amendment so that its final phrase, shall not be infringed, referred to an individual right to keep and bear arms rather than a collective right for the common defense. Waldman is scornful of, of much of this effort. Time and again, he finds the proponents of this new view taking the founders' words completely out of context, sometimes laughably so. They embrace Thomas Jefferson because he once wrote to George Washington, one loves to possess arms. In fact, says Waldman, Jefferson was referring to some old letter he needed so he could re so he could issue a rebuttal in case he got attacked for a decision he made as a secretary of state. Still, Waldman notes, the effort was wildly successful. In 1972, the Republican platform favored gun control. By 1980, the Republican platform opposed gun re registration. That year, the NRA gave its first ever presidential endorsement to Ronald Reagan. The critical... Mo 
The critical modern event, however, was the Supreme Court's 2008 Heller decision, which tossed aside two centuries of settled law and ruled that a gun control law in Washington, D.C. was unconstitutional under the Second Amendment. The author of the majority opinion was Antonin Scalia, who fancies himself the leading originalist on the court, meaning he believes, as Waldman puts it, that the only legitimate way to interpret the Constitution is to ask what the framers and their generation intended in 1789. Waldman is persuasive that Waldman is persuasive that a truly originalist decision would have tied the right to keep and bear arms to a well-regulated militia, but the right to own guns had by then become conservative dogma, and it was inevitable that the five conservative members of the Supreme Court would vote that way. When the militias evaporated, concludes Waldman, so did the original meaning of the Second Amendment. But he adds, what di- what we did not have was a regime to of a judicially enforced individual rights able to trump the public good. Sadly, that is what we have now. As we saw over the weekend, Elliot Rogers' individual right to bear arms trumped the public good. Eight people were shot as a result. Blah. This so article quickly, uh, makes this me from, want to vomit. <laughs> this is from the New York Times um, by Joe Nocera, uh, opinion pages. Um, I, I couldn't remember if you had mentioned that at the top or not. Okay, so it, what makes you want to vomit? Which part? Oh, the whole damn thing. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So uh, what about it? What about it that, uh, that uh, makes you want to? In case you missed it, because it was right at the top, he went on a killing spree, stabbing three people, then shooting another eight. I mean, I know jokes are always made that, oh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Well, in this case, a knife killed some people, or at least attacked them. He actually ran over some people too, I think, or at least clipped them with his car. Yeah, it's if somebody's bent on killing people, true, a gun will help, but that doesn't make make the gun bad. It reminds me of um, I completely going off topic here for a minute here, but uh, somebody once asked Richard Dawkins on an interview about whether science is moral or not, and he said that. Science will help you do whatever you want to do better. If you are trying to be immoral, it will help you be immoral better. If you are trying to be moral, it will help you to be moral better. It's just a tool. And that's the same thing with a gun. If you're trying to do the right thing or the wrong thing, it's going to help you to do it better. Yeah. Um, And this is interesting because this article at its core is about a book that was written I'm sorry, published three days prior to um, the Elliot Rogers uh, killing spree. But he's using the killing spree as a sort of uh, exclamation point to, it seems like, the ultimate concept of this book, the ultimate as point a, of the As book. any good writer would. I don't blame him for yeah. taking advantage. Um, and so if I think no matter what latest killing he would have just referenced that latest one um you know it's it's sort of a context use reference rather than a specific case reference so i mean i i understand why he used it if i was writing this and i shared his idea i would probably use the same thing i i have a slightly different take on it so when when i listen to the read this article i don't i don't focus on the elliot roger case because honestly he legally purchased those guns. Um, he was uh, fucked up. And you know what? 
people can go off their meds at any time and have serious problems and react and we can't blame the gun for that that's that's the person is fucked up so i i just i don't think you can blame the gun for that yeah um, i mean they, they mentioned columbine in here columbine was a shooting only because the bombs failed to go off it was yeah. meant to be a bombing you know the shooting was just to prevent anyone from getting out of the school in case they survived the bombing yeah, it's. I don't have a problem. How 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 do we how do we move into this? I don't have a problem. Fuck, and right, I got to back up. Just like the the last one, I, I don't want to fucking rehash anything here. Um, the the argument about the definition or the context of the Second Amendment. Going the way of the dodo after the standing militia requirement was abandoned. Um, I, I understand that. That makes perfect sense. And I actually, I agree with what the he's saying the point of the Second Amendment was. Um, and I don't think that we as a citizenry have the right to any weapon we want um, just because we have a right to bear arms. I do think that there should be regulations over it. Um, personally, I, I just do. Even though I really love my uh, M4 when I was in the military, and I would love to own one right now, um, I can't. I mean, I could do the civilian version of it, but it's not the same thing. And I loved my 204 grenade launcher, and I would love to have that on my M4 if I could own it, but I can't, so I'll live without it. And I'll be okay. <laughs> Even though I can't have it, I will survive. Um, and maybe even despite or or in spite of not having it. Um, so, I, the, the gun debate, I think, it gets so wrapped up in particulars that it seems to like ignore that it was created because of a standing militia. So then the question becomes, since we no longer have the standing militia, and the definition has changed. Um, I'm sorry, the context of the definition has changed. And our focus is now on the right to bear arms rather than oh, having a, a standing, well-regulated militia. Is that a bad thing? Oh, and well, and I... no one's having that debate. They're just saying that either you shouldn't hear the argument because you shouldn't have a gun because the second amendment doesn't apply or they're saying we should just ban all guns because it doesn't make sense and i, have, I don't think that that's a good way to look at it i think you have to have the argument because <clears throat> i have to disagree with one of your premises though Ooh, which one that we don't have militias we do have militias they are almost called terrorists at this point but we do have militias. Yeah, we call them by by that term. Um, it, the way I took it, in the context of the the book that this article is being written after, um, and in the founding um, documents, it was the the state regulated militias, not the um, not the banding of a bunch of buddies calling themselves or being called militias. But it was it was militias formed because they didn't want a large government because they were afraid of tyranny, but they also wanted protection. And in that Originally, spirit yeah. is what the militias today exist for. 
It's protection right, those, and, and, and a fear of tyranny. Just like the, um, the definition of the Second Amendment having changed because the state no longer supports militias, we can't just say, well, because they did it in 1776 that we should, you know, use that same spirit today. I mean, it, it, it doesn't carry through because the same circumstances aren't, aren't there to back it. You know, we, we, we collectively use language because it has an ag agreed meaning. And, and if, if in this article we're using militia because it's at the time a, a constitutionally state funded well, and created thing, then, you know, I would like to maintain it that way. Because if we start but, talking about modern versions of militias, it's going to confuse the but that's, point of it. That, that's kind of my point is that I think we've come around to where what the founders really meant the situation has come back where oh, now really? the, 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 the government with the NSA spying and everything else that's going on, the threat of tyranny is as bad, maybe, as it was when we first broke off from England. Oh, so that's absolutely a different conversation. than um, <laughs> what you planned, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. And if it, it's even less in context, because if, if we're talking about that, then the meaning of the Constitution means nothing because a militia is going to be going against the government that is supporting said Constitution. But I think um, that's what the framers originally meant. I think they always understood it to mean that if push comes to shove, the populace needs to be able to rise up against its government and overthrow it. I think that was intended. Well, it was definitely penned a number of times, I believe. Um, so if in the context of our discussion, that is your statement for saying that the Second Amendment has not changed, if I'm hearing that right, mm -hmm. then I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I disagree not because we shouldn't have people bearing arms, but I disagree because without the the state regulation of a militia, it's not really a militia. It's just a band of people wanting to act as though they have authority that they didn't get. And the, the great thing about our country is that it's it, our, our local and federal governments uh are elected and you don't elect militias. That's just a band of people that may live down the street from you and you don't have any say in whether or not they protect or oppress you. And you, you know, unless it's an elected system, it's not a, a right one, whether they have a solid argument or a weak argument um, for being into power or for their, their, you know, their goals. Okay. Well, so, you know, for that context, if it's a state that generates the militia because they generally, genuinely believe that the, the, you know, the federal government is going outside of their bounds and then they want to stand up and rise against, then I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Um, but I don't think that that has, again, much context as far as the Second Amendment goes, because once you stand up against the government, then you can't very well, you know, say that you're for the government. Well, you, know, you may, you may like where it came from. You may like the original 
version of the government. But that's like saying, well, my, my child was so amazing when they were a baby. Who expected them to change when they grew? No, no, no. And then suddenly I don't like my child anymore. So I have not, to, you know. Not the same thing at all, because you can be very much for the country and very much against the government. You can be for the Constitution and against the government. And to say that the current militia, I mean, if you look at, okay, a state-run militia and what it meant then and individual gun owners and what that means now, what's really the difference? Because a state-run militia, what are they going to, they're going to train them on how to handle their gun. They're going to train them on safe operating procedures and they might train them on how to defend property. Well, most people who own guns go through gun safety classes and, and, have to get some sort of certification and probably are interested in home safety and learn up on that on their own. I really don't see this as being that big a difference. Well, the difference being that the purpose of owning the weapon was to defend your um, the the collective community that you're in. And what if doing um, that versus means going just wanting to collect guns because you love them and that's it and like, what, what because if, it's your right what if protecting the the american way of life means going against the american government so then you're in that case again this is not the conversation that is around you know the context of this article um i would say that you love the idea of america but you don't love america America is the way it is. In 1776, America was the way it was. But okay, so you don't that. think we should fight for the Constitution because that's not how America is. It's the law, but it's not how America is. I was I was infuriated when the Patriot Act came out because it it ripped it, it removed some some pretty fundamental rights of ours. Um, and I was serving in the military when it happened. I didn't rise up against it because despite some of the uh, pretty shocking rights that were stripped from a number of people in the country, um, I still think it's better than anything else out there. So, you know, no one's standing up in arms about the NSA. I, I just, I think... It's. I look at it like this. Um, you're in a relationship and your girlfriend steals 20 bucks from you. <laughs> Sometimes it's best to let it go. To bring it back. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you, and you're never going to like everything that your government does. You're never going to agree with everything. That's what's wonderful about our government is that if we can ever get money out of politics, then we could actually just reset it with an election cycle. But that's, you know, that's the wonder of, of our, of our, of our government and of our country. Um, but I think that the majority of people that are standing up, they, they like the idea of the constitution and the idea of what they feel like the country should be more than they like the actual country because this is what it is and reality is ugly and reality is not fair and reality does not give you everything you want for free. You have to fucking work for it and, and sometimes that means you have to set aside certain things. I mean, I have to save so that I can get the next car. I can't just go take it. 
Uh, you know, you have to work for things. And if you want a state or a country to be the way you want it, you have to work for it. And that doesn't mean you can just take your gun out and stand up to your local elected leaders and say, you're not doing it my way. This is tyranny. Here's a bullet. No, we have a process for this. And if you don't like to follow the process, then you're not really an American. You're trying to do something un-American. You're trying to overthrow the American government. So no, it, I do not think it's the same. I do not think it's defending it. And I don't think it's an American ideal. Well, I know that is, in itself is a very contrary to what fundamentalist uh, <laughs> republic conservatives are going to say. Uh, but that's the way I see it anyway. Well, I, I, I hate to keep... I, I'm, your listeners must think I vote Republican. <laughs> oh, I think... I think they think you're a little bit more um, Tea Party or Libertarian. I I do I do disagree with you on this, and it's funny because you know what? I don't own a gun, and I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't own a gun because I just haven't been given a license yet, and probably never will after this podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't say the N-word, I don't know. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, I absolutely think we should be able to arm ourselves against the government in case it ever gets that bad, because I am quite pessimistic about that. Yeah. And and you're not alone, you know? I mean, and I actually, it's not the government that I'm concerned with about it's it's really more the militias that i'm concerned about yeah they scare the hell out of me i didn't mean to come out all pro militia because they they really seem a little nutbaggy to me but i appreciate their existence on a on a different level <laughs> yeah all right well i mean we are running out of time so i'm gonna have to cut this discussion off um but there are tons of issues like this uh, you know, like this recent shooting. So I'm sure we can have this conversation again and, and pick it up some more. And of course, there's been militia talk in the news recently. So we could always bring that back up. But you actually bring it up a little bit in your uh, your new segment, right? So yeah, yeah, a little bit. Touch on it. So let's <laughs> let's touch on it. And I dream of Jesse. Jesse, what do you want? Well, first, Jesse, I'd, I'd I'd like you to dress me as master. I I am your master after all. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, master. That's better. Now look, I've got guests coming over tonight, and I want you to entertain them. What do I look like, a belly dancer? Oh, I I assume that was part. I mean, the outfit. It it kind of suggests. You may be used to dance. Listen, the gin put me in the bottle. He forgot to add the preservatives. Now, the outfit may be wrinkle-free, but what in it ain't. You don't like it? Call the number on the bottle and complain. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear and surprise are two weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency are three weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope are four. No. <laughs> Amongst our weapons. Amongst our weaponry are such elements as fear. Surprise. I'll come in again. 
The Inquisition may have started in the deluded minds of the religious leaders of the Catholic Church, but in practice, it became highly secular. If you were accused of witchcraft, your property was confiscated and you were tried by the state. A confession was required to prove guilt, and so you would have been tortured into confessing. In fact, you had to be tortured, because an immediate confession, which you might have given in order to avoid being tortured, wasn't considered admissible because you might have just confessed to avoid torture. Nuh-uh-uh, you have got to really mean it when you say you're a witch. So you had to be tortured first, then confess, then die. And while you were being tortured, you had to name names of other witches. Don't know any? No problem. They would have suggested them for you. After your execution, your family had to pay the salaries of those who tortured you and the salary of your executioner. No free lunch, after all. Then the state would go after the people you named, at their suggestion, confiscate their property, torture them into accusing a few more people, kill them, charge their families for the torture and execution, and move on to the next wave. The Inquisition was an industry. People got rich off of this. And if you don't know your victims, and if you're making lots of money, and if an authority like the church is telling you what you're doing is good and righteous, what's to stop you? Well, thank heaven we don't believe in witchcraft anymore. Church attendance is down, atheism is on the rise, and all sorts of sinful acts and taboos have become mainstream. Premarital sex is expected, being divorced is commonplace, and when was the last time anyone used the term love child? Even among Christians, not many are stifling themselves over church laws. I don't think it's coincidence that many of the most popular kinks you'll find today involve the guilt and shame religion used to have most people feeling. Spanking and caning are obvious. Men's fantasies or fetishes of being cuckolded, or women's fantasies or fetishes of getting gangbanged play into these emotions as well. And I can't imagine having two guys hold down a girl on a urinal while a third pisses on her is not playing into the guilty pleasure of doing something that should be forbidden. Hell, it played into that emotion for me just watching the video, and I'm not even into water sports. I just like playing with guilt and shame. And I think that's partly because I don't feel these feelings to any significant degree in my day-to-day life. Now this is a bit of a digression off guilt and shame, but I think fear works the same way. The safer we feel, the more we want to play with fear. It's my understanding that the current infestation of Burmese pythons in the southeastern United States is due to dumb fucks getting these snakes as pets, becoming overwhelmed by the work of caring for them, and then showing them the ultimate kindness of setting them free. Now, before any snake owners listening coil up and hiss at me, I've got no problem with exotic pets. But the dumb fucks that set these pythons loose by their actions demonstrate it was never the snakes they wanted. If they wanted the snakes, they would have kept the snakes. What they wanted was the giddy feeling they got playing with the fear of being around dangerous animals while they could handle it. At some point, the fear stops being a game and becomes real, and then out goes the snake to haunt the neighbor's shrubbery. People don't actually want to be afraid. They want a little bit of fear in a controlled environment so they can feel brave. And similarly, people don't want to feel guilty. A man doesn't actually want to abandon his family, but rather he wants to play with the idea of having a different life by flirting, or hiring a whore, or having affairs. Or take a situation where a guy calls a girl a dog and makes her eat off the floor. It's all consensual. He may be thinking, wow, it is so wrong to treat another human being this way. But at the same time, he also knows she wanted to do this as much as he did, so it's not really guilt he's feeling. It's just playing with guilt in a controlled environment. From her perspective, she might be thinking, holy shit, if my family ever saw me eating off the floor, what would they think of me? But at the same time, she's also thinking, 
You know, the fact that I can eat off the floor and not feel worthless afterwards only makes me stronger. Real shame can stay with you, gnawing away at your self-esteem if you let it, but playful shame toughens you up. So I contend that the growing acceptance of kinks among the masses, and the significant role guilt and shame play in these kinks, is a sign that there's not so much guilt and shame in our daily lives as there used to be. At least not when it comes to sex. But here's where I gotta shift gears again. Now I know sex is very distracting and everywhere to be had, solitary or otherwise, but sex isn't everything. Get too distracted by all these opportunities to freely indulge in this carnal delight and you might not notice the coming inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! When you look at the history of the Inquisition, you see all the pieces are in place today for a repeat performance. You have an authoritative source warning of a danger and encouraging steps to be taken. You have a secular government using legislation and force to take action against it. You have an entire industry built up around it. You have citizens footing the bill, and perhaps most insidiously, you have a population, all of us, being nudged along quietly by our senses of guilt and shame. Carbon dioxide is the new witchcraft, science the new church, and the Green Revolution has heralded in a new industry set to capitalize on all of it. Picture Al Gore in the Pope's hat selling carbon credits to sinners so they can go on sinning guilt-free. I'm aware that his involvement in the green business can also be taken as a sign of integrity, that he's putting his money where his mouth is. But the consistency can also be explained by saying he makes money selling indulgences and preaching sinfulness. If I'm being paranoid, I'm not the only one. Imagine Senator Harry Reid sitting in judgment on a cattle rancher after confiscating his property, all for a righteous cause, a solar power plant that just happens to be doing business with his son. That was the rumor, anyway, though it seems none of it was true. I think the reason I and others bought into it was because we keep hearing cattle ranchers bad, solar farms good. Communities are getting solar or wind farms whether they want them or not. And if the government isn't taking our land, they're devaluing it by restricting use to protect endangered species. Never mind that church attendance is down, we'll all be tithing to the Church of Environmentalism through carbon taxes. But Jesse, climate change is real, you can't compare that with the Inquisition and witchcraft. If I had to put money on it, I would say yes, it's real, and yes, human activity is making it worse. So I'm very far from being a denier, but still, I don't know. But I'm glad there are deniers that are able to keep policymakers in check, because regardless of whether the threat is real, the reaction is real, and the reaction is not a sane one. Perhaps I'm being overly cynical, but whether I'm reading about the Inquisition or the Green Revolution, I see profiteering. I see land grabs, I see the state forcing people to pay for policies they don't support to fight a threat that some people don't even think is real. I'm not afraid of someone claiming my cat as a familiar, I'm afraid of somebody seeing a goddamn turtle in my yard. We've heard this tune before, just sung with different lyrics. Hell, all that's missing are the witches. Oh, but wait, we've got a modern-day equivalent of those, too. They're now called terrorists. But Jesse, terrorists are real. Yeah, they absolutely are. But have you ever stopped to think, what is the point of calling someone a terrorist? Two guys set off a bomb at the Boston Marathon. There's already crimes on the books that cover what they did. Murder, attempted murder property damage, evading arrest, there's plenty to prosecute them with. The only good reason to call them terrorists is to make law enforcement officials recognize a potential wider threat and take action. The much more insidious reason to call them terrorists is to build up a terrorist complex in the minds of the populace, 
to demonize these people and cause a Pavlovian reaction whenever we hear the word terrorists so that we'll instinctively fear the accused and trust authority. Not everyone called a terrorist necessarily is one. The first wave of the Green Revolution was very anti-establishment. They were called eco-terrorists. But now that the establishment has taken over the revolution, those fighting it are called domestic terrorists. Greenpeace are not terrorists. Clive and Bundy's supporters are not terrorists. These people may be idealists, they may be foolish, they may be batshit crazy, but they're not terrorists. But anyway, wouldn't you rather be looking at porn than listening to me? I sure would. I brought up the sex stuff earlier and I'm bringing it up again now, in part because I know it gets your attention. Titillating is my favorite word for that. I also bring it up because I don't like talking politics, so, you know, sex and comedy is what's going to make this episode fun for me. But I also bring it up because, believe it or not, it's relevant. We're all playing with guilt and shame and, and fear because we're not really feeling them day to day. Do you feel stifled or persecuted? I don't, at least not when it comes to sex. And since thoughts of sex take up so much of my day, and perhaps so much of yours as well, it makes the whole world seem free and easy and indulgent. Nothing like medieval Europe. And you read about all the scientific discoveries being made every single day. The world of the Dark Ages seems more fiction than recent history. But then there's these little things that keep cropping up, like Al Gore's connection to GIM and the slaughtering of birds in the name of wind power, like a woman with six children in tow preaching about organic farming, like asking me if I have any reusable bags at the grocery checkout right in front of a big sign offering a sale on soda in plastic bottles. However real the problem is, the reactions are not sane, and the shoulds and the oughts that we're being nudged towards don't benefit us. They're just playing upon our capacity for guilt and shame and our tenacious belief that problems have solutions. But I certainly wouldn't blame anyone for ignoring all this and getting on with their lives. Not when hot Asian schoolgirls getting molested on a train is just a click away. Seriously, that's not a guilt trip. Go watch some porn. Remembering past orthodoxies can be a bit of a buzzkill. And you probably can't do anything to change the system anyway. The best course of action might be to take this as one more reason to seize the day with a finger up your ass. Welcome to another Old Nick Peep Show, the only segment that delivers beautiful women, masculine men, and intriguing information on all things Old Nick. Joining us as always is the very first Old Nick chick, the beautiful witch Marilyn Mansfield, and her handsome beau, senior editor of Warlock Zothamog. How are both of you today? Hello, Adam. We're well. How are you? Hi, Adam. We're doing good. Great. I'm, well, I've been better. I'm getting over being sick. But, um, yeah, it's, it's... It's rough. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, the The new issue came out. Yep. Uh, dug it. I, I've been really loving it. Uh, what have you guys been doing since we talked last? Uh, you know, the weather's starting to warm up, so we've been getting out a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's a little weird because uh, we're on, like, vampire schedules. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, you know, we uh, we went to the beach, you know, Memorial Day thing, uh, you know, stuff like that, which is kind of uh, that's always interesting. It's always interesting, you know. It's like the Adams <laughs> family at the beach, but <laughs> but uh, well, you know, fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. Spent the time. Yeah, sun. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like covered up in like all black like pretty funny but um yeah you know uh whenever we go out though it's always you know we're always in work mode so we're uh looking for potential new models you know oh yeah we're always on the on the prowl scouting yeah we're like scouters <laughs> all right now this could actually either be like wildly flattering for someone or they could <laughs> Be really, really scared, and I imagine since you brought up like the like the Adams family aspect of it, that could, you have like lurch spine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you know, Excuse I mean, me. obviously we're not gonna walk over to you know the the, the soccer mom, you know, and say, hey, you want to be an old Nick? But you know, if we yeah. see like you know a girl who looks like she might be interested, there were a you couple know, potentials at the beach. Yeah, there was a couple of potentials, but you know, I'm usually the one if. If if there's any approaching to be done, you know, I'm the one who does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally Probably a good idea. As the icebreaker, you know. Yeah, I mean, if we go, but if we go like to clubs and things like that, like people sometimes will come over to us and be like, "Hey, I want to be an old Nick," you know. And um, everyone has a uh, an opportunity to email their photos, you know, and uh, no guarantees that they'll get in the magazine, but. You know, there have been many, many occasions that, you know, I saw someone I thought would uh, be a good addition to the magazine, modeling-wise or whatever, and, you know, I have um, gave them, you know, a card, whatever, and, um, you know, uh, they're interested, you know, which a lot of girls really are interested. I mean, we never had a, a negative, uh, you know, reaction, you know? So. Yeah, it seems like it would be a really flattering thing thing you know oh I mean, yeah it, yeah I don't, I don't know it, it's it kind of seems like the culture we're brought up in too i mean more and more people are are seeing the and i don't know maybe it's a couple years old to be bringing this up but it it, it seems like everyone wants their 15 minutes so they're going to try to either do it through a reality show or they're going to try to do it through a youtube channel or something where they just want to be seen so to be discovered like that is actually kind of that would be a pretty big boost to your ego i think yeah i mean you know, most girls are flattered when, um, you know, if, I mean, if I, you know, ask them if they've ever modeled before and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so, the, yeah, it, it always is, you know, a flattering thing. I mean, I would be flattered. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I, I would imagine, like, I every once in a while I'll get um, a gentleman who comes up and he'll hit on me and I'm not interested, but it's wildly flattering. Like I absolutely love it. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. You know, anytime someone else finds you attractive, it feels good. So what are some of the things you look for in a model um, before you approach them? What, what is it that, that triggers that thought in your head? Um, well, I mean, like I said, you know, usually the approaching happens, um, it when it's a uh, appropriate uh, setting, you know. <laughs> After you've roofied them and brought them back to your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just no. kidding. But, just yeah, kidding. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> You're going to want <laughs> for us. <laughs> Drink this. Yeah, we're we're not into drugs, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I know. But um, 
um, I don't know, just like the overall look of the girl, you know, um, I, I feel like old Nick has a look to it, yeah. you know, um, something that um, the, the uh, readers would enjoy because there is a variety of women that uh, model oh, yeah. for the magazine, obviously, uh-huh. um, you know, which is great because not everyone uh, has the same taste, you know. But um, there, there's a couple of times, like, you know, I, I've said to, like, I we've been out and I've said to Zoff, wow, that girl would be really great in old Nick, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, we'll just, I'll just talk to her, see, you know, um, things like that. Uh, or, like what I said earlier, people will come up to us, and I think we've mentioned it's another show where, <laughs> yeah. like, husbands have shown us uh, naked <laughs> cell phone <laughs> pictures of their... Um, Wives, yeah. girlfriends, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're you know we're like Hugh Hefner in that way, but. No, <laughs> 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 no, no, you know, um, or you know, I'll say, hey, um, I'll tell Bob, you know, I I met this girl, I think she'd be great, you know, and you know, the same, everyone gets the same, you know, you got to send your 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 pictures, and you know, ultimately, it's um, at info at oldmcmagazine dot com. Yeah, and then you know, the decision uh, gets made and all, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is a great opportunity, you know. It is a great opportunity to get out there, and you know, some girls don't do nudes, which you know, it's the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it is really. <laughs> what is wrong, women? Come on. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and that's fine. That's fine. I totally get that, you know. But um, if some some do do nude, you know, some do um, uh, you know, just topless. Like me, I I don't I don't do full nude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, photo. So you know, Which is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> you he could pick out my my uh, body in a lineup if my head was covered and seeing me naked. Oh my God, kidding me? Through all these years, <laughs> <laughs> you could pick out my bare ass in a lineup if you had to. Oh, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but that just you know, that's familiarity, some time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. I'm, I've got some images in my mind. <laughs> a lineup. A lineup with just like a hold for the butts to go in. Yeah. I can do that with anybody. It's that one it. with the pentagram right above the ass. <laughs> yeah. It's cheating. You know. Cheating. <laughs> oh, no. So has it, has it ever been nude? With the, remember that one with the pentagram show? And yeah. I forgot, yeah. But it wasn't <laughs> not full frontal, yeah. But it was Gabriel did that, yep. yeah. So has it ever gone south when you've approached a girl and she's like, like took you took offense from it? No, never, never. No, no. I mean, usually, you know, you can kind of get a vibe yeah. from a person. We wouldn't just like creepily walk up to somebody and be like, "Hey, you should get naked from my magazine." <laughs> Yeah, like we're no. not standing outside the church on Sunday waiting for the church ladies to come out, you know? No. It's usually like <laughs> it's usually like a situation where we're probably already talking right, right. you know, to the person or they know me already, mm. you know. <clears throat> and they'll yeah. mention like oh, you know, something about my modeling work or whatever. Mm. Sorry, my voice is a little raspy today, but um <laughs> Yeah, mine's good. Right? <laughs> but um well, that cigar smoking. Ah, oh, yeah. So, uh, I don't just smoke the cigar. <laughs> I eat the butt. No, I, I, I quit after the first time. <laughs> so, amateur, um, amateur. Get out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so uh, you know that and that happens quite often too you know people will come up to me and say oh you know uh, nice to meet you I'm you know I'm a fan of your work and you know I'll say oh well you you know you should be an old Nick too you know you're gorgeous and they usually get very flattered and say oh really you think so and I give them the information where to send you know the pictures and things mm -hmm. you know and um, you know that's how usually it happens I mean do you ever have someone come up to you after they've submitted and been uh, been denied? Um, that people, someone has come up to us and, and yeah, like like if you approach yeah, them oh, and yeah. say, "Hey, you should yeah. do, do this," and they sent it in, but they didn't get picked for it. Did they ever come back and say, "What the fuck, man"? Yeah, that happened many times, but um, no one ever <laughs> said anything, you know, because yeah. You know, like, and I always make it clear that I don't make the decisions, you right, know, so right, it's yeah, really, exactly. I'm just passing along the info, you know what I mean? Mm. It's uh, not my decision, ultimately. But, um, you know, I don't, I mean, if if you're involved in any type of modeling, you have to understand, you know, most people do, that you're not going to get every single, you know, uh, gig, and yeah. Old Nick does have a, a certain look to it, even though there is a variety there. You know, we yeah, try and know. keep, you know, the same... Um, the same pace going with the uh, models. It, it, it's got to be more than just the willingness to get nude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to have a pretty face. You got to have sexy eyes. You got to have a whole look about you. If you got a dark, you know, gothic look, even better. But, you know, it doesn't have to always be that. We like the pinup style, yeah. too. And, you know, the classic beauty as well. And it, it's, it's a complete package. Every girl, you know, in the magazine is different. But if you kind of look at it, a little bit from the outside, you see there's a, there's a, a similarity to them. There's, it's a there's very, a style to it. Yeah, you know, there's very naturally look. sexy. Yeah. You know? Let, let me ask you something about that because is it, I mean, th there seems to be like this huge variety of almost, almost like shticks that some of these photo shoots go through. Like there's a theme attached to them. Right. So is that something that the model chooses or is that something that, you know, we you guys know that you want that this in the magazine, and so you're like, well, you know, would you be willing to do this theme for the shoot? Well, um, a, a lot of it is, you know, for, uh, through Bob. Like with my shoots, um, Bob, you know, gave the gave the uh, direction, and then we mm -hmm. took it from there. Um, okay. The Jane Mansfield uh, shoot was was Bob's idea, and then you know everything else was through us and the photographer. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but it's usually, I mean, unless, unless um, you know, if the girl has, a, like, a, a certain look like she does, like, pinup, you know, uh, modeling, she has a pinup look to her, then, you know, it would be, like, obviously, um, you know, Bob would, would most likely want to see her in, you know, maybe a little more retro set, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So it's really a collaboration, I, I think, with everybody involved. I, I think it's a little more pre-planned. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily like we are so planned ahead of time where we're like, all right, for issue number four, we're going to do right. shoot like this. You know, we just kind of set up the, the scenario for the photographer and the model to take it there and, and work on that. You know, they'll just set up a set, set up a model appropriate for that set, and then just let the pictures, you know, progress naturally. And then the shoot gets used for future issues. Great. Yeah, I mean, right. and it has to have, you know, certain, uh, it has to have taste to it, you know? We don't just want, like, um, you know, a cell phone picture. And, and, no, no, no. You know, uh, the 
on the toilet or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it has to have, you know, that's what makes it so so it's great all, about yeah, Old Nick. It has, yeah, scenes. the seam and all the sets you know, are built right, for the shoot, right. and it's all you know professionally lighted and Yeah, I mean, for, for my Jane shoot, we actually um, replicated actual photos of Jane. Right. And uh, there was a lot of research done. For that. Yeah, we did a we did like months of research, and a lot of the outfits and the um, furniture and the sets and things. Even were, the phone. Even the phone. Yeah, it was based on um, pictures that we had found of of her. So it's awesome. Well, the the Anton yeah. and Jane tribute. Oh yeah, also well, of course was that was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that was a lot of fun to to see. Yeah, that that was you know that worked out really well. You know, we, we put a lot of work into that. You know, but I had um, to build the fireplace. And... I had to take off my red lipstick because <laughs> she had on <laughs> lipstick, which I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> this is a little bit different, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's um let's mention that email address that people can send their um, perspective photos to one more time. Sure. It's um, info at oldnickmagazine.com. Mm-hmm. And um, you just should include, just as a reminder, um, if you are um, picked as a model, you will be required to send a, a valid ID. You have to be 18 and over, mm-hmm. just so you know. Um, you know, when I just throw any pictures in the magazine, everything is on the up and up. You got to, you know, yeah, valid you know. ID, all that kind of, it's all legit. <laughs> Nice. Uh, you know, first-time submitters, just you know, include a small bio about yourself, any links to any work that you can find online, yeah. attach some photos, clothes, unclothes, whatever you're comfortable with sending the first time. But obviously remember that this is a new magazine, so it will be expected. And if you send any pictures, then, you know, they, they usually, they are become, they become property of old Nick, so, you know, that's why it's, it's better off to do a separate shoot just for old Nick. Because basically, you know, Old Nick owns the pictures, you know, and of course we wouldn't want, you know, um, them everywhere. I mean, to, you know, to promote Old Nick, of course, but yeah, I'm just, and I mean that's that's pretty par for the course, so that that that's pretty expected, I think, or I would hope to think anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I did mention a little while ago that the the issue did come out, uh, the last issue did come out recently, so. Zoth, can you tell the, the good folks listening where they can go to check out those the, the new issue? Of course. You can always go to oldnickmagazine.com where there are links to all of our social media as well as links to MagCloud where you can find the uh, softcore edition and the um, hardcore edition is on skinmags.com. All the links are on oldnickmagazine.com. All right, so go check out oldnickmagazine.com, people. Check out the new issue. And if you think you got what it takes to be an old Nick chick like Marilyn, send in your photos and, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully we can see in another issue down the road. Uh, Zoth, Marilyn, thank you both so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Thank you, Adam. Always a pleasure. It's always great talking with you. Awesome. Well, until we can chat again, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan.
Jesse, can you tell the good folks listening how they can find you online? Well, they can email me if they like. I am idojesse at gmail.com. They can follow my blog, Drafts from a Satanic Windbag at wordpress.com. Or if they want to tweet me, I'm at damnedlucky on Twitter. Nice. Well, definitely go check out the blog. Again, uh, she posts uh, content that does not appear on this monthly segment and it is uh, very interesting it's always fun to uh, peel back another uh, corner of her brain because it's a good one <laughs> that's a weird I don't know why so that, that sounds weird to me I'm a blockhead I have corners <laughs> on my brain <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant at all um, it's a very great blog and you should read it if you are not already oh my gosh alright well that's going to have to do it people for another show um yeah, we. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, you know, obviously some of these conversations uh, about language and about firearms are very controversial. And we would love to hear from you what you think. Uh, shoot an uh, email off to Jesse or Don't shoot it off. Don't say shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Lob it, uh, toss it, uh, kick it over to Jesse. Le- leave or, or... it in a, in a backpack against a pillar while walking away. Yeah. Um, uh, send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com or you can visit the website as well let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections or general comments you might have you can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com we're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify and YouTube so look for us there you can subscribe to 9cents via iTunes by searching 9cents and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan visit churchofsatan.com and for fuck's sake people read the Satanic Bible again yes please <laughs> the only way <laughs> the only way that we're going to continue doing this is if you share it is if you tell a friend or maybe just a random person on the street <laughs> share nine cents and help us spread this show once again thank you for joining me and as always i'm your host adam campbell being joined by jesse the amazing jesse and until next week hail satan hail satan